Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Life is Storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Chris Pierce, and I'm here with Ernest. Hello. And we're here talking about a couple of movies, maybe movies that don't necessarily sound like they go together, but you can make it go together if you say the name of a band, Florence and the Machine. Wow. I have it written down. I wasn't ready yeah, I know. for that. Because we're going to be covering Don't Worry Darling in the first half, starring Florence Pugh. And then the back half, continuing our Del Toro movie series, Pacific Rim. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Who knew this was the pairing you needed? I, I didn't. Um, Ernest, how you been? Fantastic, sir. I, I'm always good. Are you even good when the Overwatch 2 servers are not letting us in? Actually, yes. Um, I, I heard your voice last night. Yeah. You I, weren't great. Well, no. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to get to is like, at the beginning, I, I talked about it enthusiastically with mm-hmm. you that, like, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Um, the whole DDoS thing, though, just yeah. really takes it to the next level. Um, it's still but, going on. And and at at the end of the night, after we had sat there for what felt like hours, was probably it, hours. It was hours, yeah. Um, and just watch that screen the whole time, just count down over and over and over again. It was I, fun chatting was, with everybody. At that point, yeah. I was over yeah, I was just over the game. Like, I totally yeah. would have stayed in the party with y'all and stuff. Yeah. Which we do from time to time. And at least you got to play a little bit. Because you and yeah. our friends got in and we, did some of the training stuff. But we weren't about to play without no, I know, you. I know. So and we, I respect uh, we were only in the practice range. And I thank you very much for that. Yeah. But man. then it just, I got let in for like a minute and I got my battle pass and I was like, all right, let's get by. I got kicked back. <laughs> um, I was able to get on for a little bit this morning, kicked out. And now you just back to not being able to get in. So there's that. Um, but yeah, man, I, so for those listening, the reason we're, this is going to be coming out a day later is because we were tr- going to try to have a day on overwatch Two day one. Um, it's their fault. It's not ours. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So blame Blizzard for this late episode. Blame Blizzard for everything. That's fair. They deserve it at this point. But should've, Jeff should have stayed. I'm, and you know, I'm sure there's like good. <laughs> it sounds so. Uh, this is the worst argument. It's not an argument at all. Mm-hmm. Just like there's like game developers out there that work for Blizzard that like put a lot into this, and for their sake, I hope they do well. But, fair. No, nobody wants anything bad. But the company as a whole, like yeah, the company as a whole. But also, I want to play this game, and we <laughs> would like to play the game. Yes, very it much is. So. It is over. It, we're going to be at forty-eight hours. Yeah. In oh, this, twenty-four hours. Sorry, it's one day. Because it launched at two two o'clock yesterday. We're over that. So hype. Still. I am too. I I'm very excited. It's not going to go away. It's not. It's just going to be like. But that hype is what's strengthening our anger. And right. Our disappointment. Right. Um. Not but that mad, is gaming. I'm just disappointed. That is a different thing. Um, I will go ahead and say we are not going to have a gaming episode this weekend. Uh, there is just a lot of booking things that is ha- that have happened. Um, I will be going out of town for part of the weekend, and others have plans. That's life. It happens. Uh, but we are here to serenade you with some love and maybe some of the opposite for some of these movies. Um, Ernest, are you ready to get into it? Are you ready for Mimic 2.0? Oh, maybe. Maybe not. Um, But with that, let's go ahead and get into it. Ernest, what did you think about Don't Worry Darling? I am worried, darling. (gasps) Just joshing. I I didn't have a bad time in this theater. 
you know, I, I wasn't upset that I went or anything like that. But also, this, it, there's a lot that they could have done and didn't do. Um, and all the potential was there. Like, the trailer, like, fucking had me, bro. I was so hyped to see this movie. And then I got there, and I, it, it's another situation where it's, it's like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's another one. Um, the same to you, Blizzard. Don't you forget. But, um, yeah, man. Like, and I if just, we find out you had a hand in making this movie, goddamn. In the whole, the whole movie, it, I feel like I got drug along and it just didn't climax the way that I wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Climax is an actual, like, literary term. It's also for, a movie title. For when it, it is also a movie title. I don't but know why you feel like, the need to explain you know, yourself, child. I'm just saying, like, you know, you know, we we were riding along, you get to the climax after that, it's the denouement and stuff. See, okay. I, I was awake like two or three days in English class. Look at you, buddy. Yeah. So, um, but it just didn't climax the way that I wanted it to. Um when you when you find out, you know, what all is going on with this movie, I was just a bit I wasn't let down with what it was, but what they did with it. Yeah. That's I think that's, that's a really good way me. to put it. But um I don't know, there were some great performances in this though. And uh, uh, probably above all, like obviously Florence Pugh carries because she's pretty much in every scene. She she's definitely given the most to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um so I mean it's set up for her to carry, but you also get some great performances from other people here as well. Um I I probably have the least to say about him, but I just really enjoyed seeing Nick Kroll in That's fair. in he like did, a serious good. role. Yeah. Like he played his small part perfectly. Um even had a moment where he had to be intimidating and he did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> he was he played the asshole like perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, Chris Pine, of course. Talk about an asshole. Yeah, Chris P. <laughs> Got to support the Chris P's. Um, you, uh, you, not you, not you, Chris P. Him, he. <laughs> um, yeah, the the when the spotlight was on him, he shined. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. He's such a great antagonist. He is. In this and I too. can't think of a mov- another movie that is just like, because you brought up Star Trek earlier like yeah. when we were texting, and I was like, man, is he usually the good guy? I think so. At least in what I've seen, I'm sure I've only touched his filmography like like a drop in the water. Did you drop not see that rom-com with him and Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon? I was going to say absolutely not, no. It was great. Are they both like bounty hunters or something? It, it's they're both uh, agents. Ah, there yeah, you go. Like government agents. And, Is all uh, agents got to be hot? And then, like they both want Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. and they Which do they do like secret spy stuff to each other to try to get her and stuff. This it's is very, very off topic, but it, did you see that Tom Hardy was in an an underground MMA fight? Yeah, and he won. It was a jujitsu. No, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Not MMA, <laughs> which is but the equivalent of a. Regardless, that MMA man can fight. kick your ass and yeah, do absolutely. it with skill. Yeah, but Chris Pine. Chris Pine, though. Um, <laughs> thanks I'm sure has his own set of skills. Yeah, we do that from time to time. Um, <laughs> especially me. Um, but yeah, Chris Pine is amazing. Um, I would say Florence Pugh is my favorite. 
um, performance, mm-hmm. but Chris Pine is like a close second. Um, and that might be biased because I love Florence Pugh. And that's fair. Um, I was going to say, I feel like I haven't seen Chris Pine on the big screen in a minute. Mm-hmm. I know he's had projects. I just haven't seen them. But yeah. I will say I felt it felt refreshing just to see him up there again. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I'm just now thinking about it. Obviously, her, her like big debut film was uh, Fighting With My Family, the WWE film. Right. No, uh, never mind. I've answered my own question. I was going to say, has she starred in a movie other than that one? But Midsummer, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That awful, fucking movie. Awful movie. No, I'm just kidding. That movie's great. Uh, I love it. I do, too. I love it. Um, and then uh, Harry Styles, of course. The, the last minute sub. Um, Come off the bench there. Yeah, yeah. He just you know, put me in coach, and he went in there, and he did his thing, too. Like, he, it, it wasn't, he didn't put up a double-double. But that's a sports reference, Chris. Uh, but like you know, I'm the one who started it by saying, "Come off the bench, get out of here." He uh, <laughs> he he was like a good six man for sure. Um, I think that from this, I am excited to see him in like Marvel stuff uh, that he's about to do. Um, I think and, that might be more. And I wouldn't, talents. I wouldn't mind seeing him in in more movies. He's a very he has a movie where he's the star coming out. Um, I'd have to look up the title, but he's like a general or something, captain something military i believe that sounds great i I think he's gonna i think he's really gonna do well as an actor do you Um, think that or do you want that i think it because uh, honest like i wasn't like a huge fan before i just feel like his career is going in one direction wow once again (laughs) chris everybody but um you know, but throughout the movie and seeing some of the scenes, especially like the more emotional ones, um, and we don't want to get into all the drama and shit like that with this fucking movie because a lot of it felt like publicity to me, but whatever. Um, I couldn't help but think during some of those emotional scenes that like, damn, if that was Shia, he would have fucking killed. For context, he was the one originally in the role and then due to some of the drama uh he he was removed mm-hmm. and um harry was replaced i mean harry replaced him yeah but i definitely i i second that um this again none of us are commenting on shia labeouf as a person there's definitely problematic problematic aspects there um but dude can act and i guarantee you he would have probably acted circles around harry yeah. styles in these scenes definitely highlighting the uh the yeah. arts have you seen even individual um i didn't actually wow yeah i grew up with this man i i came into like grown up shire so the crazy uh, one <laughs> yeah the crazy the crazy one but like the good actor though. oh yeah absolutely you know? i don't i i, I love him the oh, actual, i love his acting ability the actual cannibal shia labeouf Uh-oh. and i i and not to say that it would have been like this way better movie if he was in there either like like i said harry styles did his job but um yeah, there was just a couple of scenes there where I was like, "Damn, mm, if that was, ooh, he would have, oh, he would have nailed it," you know. But um, overall, disappointed. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'll use that to segue into my thoughts. So I agree. Uh, there, there's a lot of good performances here. Um, I do think because of the way the story plays out. 
and because of like the writing and like dialogue and just how the story is told, I think overly um, because of that, I think a lot of the actors and actresses are hindered. Like they're get I, I'm, everyone's given their all. No one's like calling it in. Like, like you're right. Florence Pugh's great. Um, she's a great actress. Uh, she, there's there's a lot of things she's like had has to do in the movie. Like, uh, like literally lines of dialogue that I'm just like. Like he's, he, she's doing her best. She's 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 trying to carry what she does absolutely, but it's just like oh my god. I think the writing's really bad, <laughs> which is not on her. Um, and it is also important to note that Olivia Wilde, who is the director of this movie, did not write this film either. Um, that is not to say so. It's not a complete separation. Like obviously, you read the script, you and then it's the director's job to make sure all these teams do their job in bringing this this story to life. And on that note, I will say, I think this is a very well-crafted movie. It is very pretty. Um, like, the cinematography is great, specifically. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of shots in here that I think are very good. Beautiful. Very beautiful shots. And, like, literally the set. Like, because you, you, most of your movie is going to be taking place in this suburban neighborhood, I guess right. you'd say. Right. Um, suburb. Suburb. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Um and like every everything looks like pristine. Um, but you, even when they're out in the desert, they get some really great shots. They do, they do. But I, I was bringing up the sub- suburbs just to specifically say, like, it looks like the definition of what like a nineteen fifties man would think is just a perfect household. Yeah, and they deliver that really well. And and with the uh, music as well. I'm Absolutely. sorry to jump at you. No, you're fine. About you're fine. Say, um, no, because. Yeah. So the actual soundtrack, like the actual tracks and stuff, absolutely set the tone and Fucking setting. fire. Um, so good. But for me, where I found the movie most interesting was obviously all the undertones. Like there, there's something under the surface that's not right here. The suspense. The suspense. Shit. And then that is all heightened by the actual score, which I think is honestly just really, really good. And probably the thing I will remember the most from this film, because it's like a combination of like th- there is an orchestra at times but then at other times there's just a like it sounds like a woman either like breathing in a certain way or chanting very lightly yeah and it's just utilized in a really good way that this movie did not deserve (laughs) yeah it it felt like i was like having a bubble just like close in on me exactly it it gives you the claustrophobic it's it's suffocating it's like you're wrapping your face with um saran wrap (laughs) something like that something like that um it made me feel very uncomfortable same same and like the best way possible like you i will say the opening it's like 20 to 30 minutes of this movie i think are probably my favorite part of the film it's where you know the least um, you get the the sign. You, you get to see the imagery and everything of just everything going perfectly, and you only get the little hints that something's wrong. And of course, that keeps growing. And I was very much invested, and I had a lot of fun fan theories as I was going through it. Um, but sad to yeah. say, after that opening twenty to thirty minutes, it just I felt like it was a spiral downhill. Um, I think this movie takes a lot of swings at trying to do a lot of different things. And because it doesn't necessarily hit home with any of those, another sports reference, um, it ends up losing any sense of an identity because there's a lot of arguments that could be made to be like, Oh, this, this is trying to provide commentary on gender roles. I think that's like the most on the nose one you could go for. But even then with, 
like some of the reveals you get at the end. I I think that's done like haphazardly. <laughs> I I think that on on like a rewatch, which that shouldn't I don't think that should ever be the goal of a movie is for like on a rewatch for for then everything to make sense and stuff like that, right? Like I think it's a nice feature that some movies have, but that shouldn't be the only thing that they have going for it. Um, I feel like on a rewatch, this would be, uh, maybe we would catch on to a lot more stuff, but, um, it, the thing about it was it's, it got me wanting to know like what is going on here, you know? And then it just drug me on for like so long. Like I felt like I was waiting for so long to find out what the hell it was and i was like give it to me already dude fucking give it to me and then, and then a, we got there and, it was, and i was still left one santa left us a box of coal right for the season's beatings um <laughs> that trailer is amazing a santa claus movie that released the trailer today um i will actually disagree with you there um i don't think this is going to be one of those movies that's designed to where you're supposed to find something in the second i mean that aspect is in every movie there's always going to be the potential that you're going to find something else in the next one Um, i think everything i feel like this movie thinks it's a lot smarter than it actually is yeah like there's a lot that sounds so mean um but there's a lot of just like 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 i was just literally saying there's a lot of things it tries to do there's a lot of like messages a lot of like ideas it tries to convey and because it tackles on so many it ends up being like weird random comparison that just came in my mind spider-man 3 had way too many villains and didn't know what to do with all of them (laughs) um and this has way way too many ideas and it ends up just flopping in on itself and like it just it, doesn't go anywhere. Like it tried to be deep and just yes. and so like spread there are, itself too thin instead. There is, and if it had committed to just even one thing, but the fact that you can compare this movie, and I will just vaguely say you can compare this movie to The Village and The Matrix. It's just bizarre to me. That's it is a strange combination. It's so bizarre. And there's other so I've I've seen people online being like the like the, a lot of the reveals towards the end you see in all a ton of other movies that uh, like these are ripped from the others and i'm not going to say that that's true but i will i will say once the reason i didn't appreciate like the, the the reveals the reason you're watching this man just to be like what are they doing here why what is the unsettling thing i it all none of it was i don't i don't think it was well thought out i don't think it really added to the story i think it took away um, and I, I think literally like the last 30 minutes are one of the worst things I've seen in the movie theater this year. There's also a lot of unclosed loops in this movie. Um, things that they showed you and you're interested in and they just never circle back around. Um, airplane. So once again, left wanting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say, so this is something I said when we first walked out of the theater, I could have done for some more ambiguity. Uh, obviously, there is some, and in those moments, because they just over-explain certain things, it makes you question even more why they didn't explain others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of rules, and maybe even technology explained in this movie. And one thing that you mentioned to me before, it said that there were what seemed that 
to me would be important scenes yes uh cut out of this movie yeah yeah there there was um there, there were scenes involving one of the actresses who her plot is pretty much utilized to spearhead us into florence Pugh's not believing everything's okay um and a lot of it's cut out and then that actress ends up getting like very little screen time. I mean, she does good. Again, there's no bad performances. It's just like there probably is a lot there that would have added a lot to the story. And I'm wondering if I would have felt more complete coming out of the theater if those would have been included. But maybe we'll maybe. never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Unless they know. release the Snyder cut of this movie. Please don't. Don't. I, so yeah. I have it written down here. That's a mistake. Uh, it is. This movie's two hours and three minutes long. I felt like this movie was like four to five hours. I felt like it was two hours and seven minutes long. <laughs> I, I dude, It just drug for me. I, I lost interest before we even got to the reveal. Cause you, uh, there's a point where, things just start going in a weird direction. Um, it's, it's somewhere near the halfway mark that things just really start going off. And I don't know. And then it just, by the time you get to the reveals, it's just like, I wanted to be out of the theater. Chris, Chris looked at me after this movie and he said, thank you for seeing this movie with me because I would have walked out if I was by myself. I would have. Um, and to fully quote myself, I said, if y'all had said, if y'all would have suggested to walk out, I wouldn't have stopped. I would have gone with y'all. I wanted to leave. I was close. <laughs> I wanted to leave. There's nothing. And just to put context on that, because we're not going to give spoilers. There's nothing in this movie that is going to have you looking at it being like, oh, my God, this is so graphic. This is so this nah, is so raw. I can't yet. handle this. Um, I have watched the movie Mother where they eat a baby. I, I don't. I, I can take it. Uh, th- this movie just got really boring. Sometimes you eat a baby. <laughs> Sometimes. What's that in your mouth, Ernest? Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I did want to highlight, uh, since we were talking about performances, because um, Florence Pugh ends up almost being like a mixed bag for me. She's really good. But because she has the most to do in the movie, she is also the per- the catalyst for the most dialogue. And a lot of the dialogue that is just used to push the story forward ends up just being like the spearhead of like what's dragging this film. <laughs> and she's giving it her all. I'm not actually criticizing her performance of it. It's just like, why'd y'all stick my girl with that? It's not the performance. It's the content. Exactly. Exactly. And again, everyone here is giving their all. Chris Pine's in the movie very little. And it makes sense that it, it, it narratively you don't see him a lot. Um, you hear about him more than you actually see him. And then when you do see him, I think he absolutely delivers. Um, there are some moments towards the end and you can see this in the trailer. There is a dinner of sorts. Um, there are some sinister moments with Chris Pine around that dinner that I feel like never actually got capitalized on. Yeah. And in that aspect, I feel like he was underutilized. Um, but I guess from what I'm saying about the script, everyone was. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Nicholas Kroll did good. Nicholas Kroll did very good um, for his little bit here. Yeah, Nick Kroll. He was definitely the oddest casting choice I saw in this. And then, uh, But then he smashed it. Um, I also think uh, because of like storyline reasons that it's very interesting that Olivia Wilde casted herself as that character. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe. Like... 
I, I can't say too much on it without doing spoilers. Yeah. But, but like, if you if you see it, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Um, she just she has a reveal of sorts towards the end as well. Yeah. Which one, another one of my complaints is there are some really interesting things with these other characters that could almost warrant their own movies, and they're just like touched not expanded on olivia wilde probably being the most interesting of them yeah and i do want to point out i don't think she's the casting director so i don't know how much power she actually had to get her role yeah yeah i mean it seems like she had something to do with it yeah she fired people yeah i I, I just don't know um but i do think olivia wilde was good i yeah i mainly know her from house she's she's doing quite well whenever i think of olivia wilde i think of in time with Justin, with Justin Timberlake. Timberlake, she's in that Fuck movie. Yeah, dude. Really, uh, dude. They have that's this, the one where they literally. I it's the time is a currency. It's the scene that I cried at in that movie. Um, it's super fucking sad. Spoiler dude. warning. Yeah, spoiler warning for In Time, starring Justin Timberlake and uh, Olivia Wilde. And uh, Olivia Wilde's in it, but just for like a little bit because she plays his mom. And you know they have that what? Yeah, she plays Justin Timberlake. Everybody's song? like the same age. Okay. you only age up to like twenty three or something like this. And then they have their time like running down on their wrist, and yeah. that's like their lifespan and their currency as well. So like he has some, and she's running out because they're poor, and they have this like intense like running towards each other moment, and where they try to like grip hands so that he can give her some time so that she can live, and they, they don't make it, and it's oh, like no. the saddest fucking thing bro if only apple and cash had existed so like and and whenever i see olivia wilde like my mind goes right to that moment and it's oh it's oh yeah she's great i forgot that movie existed like because of that i've always just cataloged her as like awesome i thought you were saying like because of in time i've always thought she was great that's pretty much what I'm saying. That's impossible. That's a bad movie. I like that movie. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen it. I love Justin Timberlake as an actor, but we won't get into that right now. Would you say End Times your favorite Justin Timberlake movie? Um, like that one. There is a right answer. And like Alpha Dog. Really? And um, what? What do you want me to say? Trolls? No. I think Social Network's absolutely. His oh, best Social movie. Network. Yeah, I just forgot he was in there. Yeah, but that's a that's a great he plays movie. a pretty big part. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen obviously Justin Timberlake's whole filmography, um, but I can't think of another time where he's just the douchebag. <laughs> Alpha Dog. Is he okay? I haven't seen it. Haven't in a, in a way, he's okay. like the coolest douchebag. This kind of connects because he's a singer, tried some acting. Yeah, yeah, and and. I, that's part of the reason that I feel myself like rooting for Harry Styles. He he kind of reminds me of he's like same type of background. That's fair. Stuff I like don't. That. So I will say I think Harry Styles is fine. I don't think he's nearly as bad as people are making out making him out to be. Um, there's a lot of things that like deserve your criticism. And I don't think he's necessarily it because I I think he's doing just fine. If if that if that performance is what you left this theater like having a problem with please like, email us because i want to hear your thoughts yeah dude <laughs> yeah how is that worse how than is anything that? else in I, this don't, movie? I don't know because <laughs> i think he was fine um he absolutely he's the weakest link acting wise absolutely but i think i think out of this cast he's also clearly like the one who has the least experience yeah absolutely. he has so many parts with florence Pugh, and maybe that's the issue because she absolutely outshines him um and you know to bring him back into the fold here Shia LaBeouf would probably be able to counter um, a lot of like Florence Pugh have a mesh there 
Um, those are those emotional scenes yeah, that I was referring to. Absolutely. Because yeah. um, there's, there's even parts where Harry kind of becomes menacing. And dude, you know, you know, Shia would kill and, it. And again, it's not that he's not being menacing. He is. And then. I never found him menacing, but yeah. And then uh, I felt menaced. Okay. <laughs> I felt and then, menaced. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I wouldn't give him any of my time. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! You did this. No, you. <laughs> you did. I didn't bring no, up in time. Um, but that. I mean, I don't honestly. I think there's a good movie in here. I I do about the final product, and I I left this theater, and I was like, I don't I don't think this is a bad movie. I said that. I was wrong. This is a bad movie. I I think this is a movie that just did not know what it wanted to be. Ended up, I I don't know what it, the main goal was. It does tell a story. I don't know what the story, the purpose of it was. I don't feel like I took anything away from this movie. Why the time, like literally December is just a few months away. We're going to be at the end of the year. I'm going to forget this movie exists. Um, It's, yeah, it's. This won't be in our movie God, the year no. talk. No, no, nah. no. And I don't. I don't hate it. Uh, I was hating it pretty because I I have not wanted to leave a theater in a long time. Like it takes a lot for me to just be like I'm gonna leave. It, it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, no, and I, it's not like I was chopping at the bit, being like, oh, I'm gonna go. But there were points where I was just like, please just end, so I yeah. can go home. Yeah. Um, for for me, it was like, please just end, so I can find out what the fuck, what is it? Yeah. What is the thing? You know, and then. You know what? At the end of the movie, I was still kind of confused. Like I said, I was still kind of confused about what the thing was. Like, what exactly is going on there? Uh, there's, I needed more clarity, for sure. Absolutely. And I think... So this is exactly what I mean when I say the movie... I feel like the movie thinks it's smarter than it actually is. Because there's there's like there's like three, maybe four reveals towards the end. Because um, you... It gives you like tidbits of more and more and more of like what's happening, what everything is. I feel like with each one, it's literally a nail in a coffin. Like it's it's just no, no, no. And part of me, because I mean, I went to this movie. This is it's not it wasn't on my most anticipated list for this year, but I was very much looking forward to it. And when I heard a lot of the criticisms about it, I didn't I didn't obviously look at anything specific for spoilers, but I was just like, it can't be that bad. It is very rare that I agree with like the overall critical consensus, yeah. especially when it's negative. You'll uh, most things if it's like ninety percent of the Rotten Tomatoes, I'll be like, "Yeah, dude, Witcher was great." Which each each season, of The Wizard deserves a higher Rotten Tomato score. Um, <laughs> but here, because I last I checked, I think it's like in the thirties. Um, that's that's being generous. I, I think, I think this was rough. I think this is a very rough movie. I don't, I will not, I will say, I don't think it was hollow. I do think there is passion here. Misplaced. Uh, again, just swinging, swinging at a lot of like probably meaningful ideas and just not hitting the ball on any of them. Three out of 10 crab apples. Oof. We can't use her rating system for this. Aww. She likes this movie. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yep. 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 Actually. And, and that's, I feel like that's something that I should mention as well is that we we felt this way about the movie. We pretty much see eye to eye on most of it. Mm. Um, Schlee loved this movie. Mm. 
she was she was like ready to defend this shit and she did so like there is a chance that you go out there you see this movie and you enjoy it and you get to leave out of there like feeling something from it yeah it just missed the mark with me though yeah i I will say i just i don't i don't know man there there's just a lot I, i think there's a lot of missed opportunities with this film um and for all we know maybe some of the drama that did happen behind the scenes had some impacted the way it was made i have no clue and again as you said earlier we'll never know yeah um but i'm glad i checked it out because honestly i would have just been waiting wondering being curious um at this point i'm good not knowing i'm good not knowing about like what stemmed from dra- the drama behind it yeah i'm good at not knowing like what yeah. the hell this movie was i'm not i'm not waiting about. for a documentary to be made about the making of this movie yeah i want a documentary about the making but, of clerks three but, go but even the movie itself like i i if somebody were to come to me and be like because there was a couple people that i was like this is what nope was about and they were like oh you know what i mean I don't need anybody to come to me and be like, this is what Don't Worry Darling was about. Yeah. I, I just don't want that conversation. Yeah. I'll accept some of that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, and of course, anytime you look at something critically, I think it's important. If you do know somebody who likes it, we're not shitting on you for liking it. If you found so- what a, what a, I said, because me and Ash, we, we went back and forth a little bit. It, ne- it didn't never got heated. It, it was, was very, very, very fine, very calm. Um, but I was very happy for her to have enjoyed the movie. She got more of a, the money she spent on it than I did. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Granted, I get podcast content, so. Huh. Um, but uh, it's a uh, not a constant thing, but I'd say common enough that people don't like things, and I'm there like I don't care. I like that shit. Game of, <laughs> Game of Thrones final season, I think, is your prime example. Do we want to talk about that right now? I'm just pointing out your. You already just did. I just hopped into my defensive stance. It's just what I'm used to doing. I know, man. In that situation, I brought my dog here and he killed it. Um, but yeah, pow <laughs> with a pow sifu, um, sifu. But with that, I honestly don't really have anything else to add to the conversation about this movie. Um, Ernest, do you? I would say the best thing that you can get from this movie go to your go to your spotify you're on spotify right now so wait until after the episode but then or you could pause us and come back up to you baby it's up to you but go on your spotify or apple if you're on apple they don't have music on anchor do they anyway fucking go to your music thing your music appy app and look up the soundtrack for this fucking movie because man is fucking bangers bro it is it's it so great is. there are it's definitely so all great. songs you've heard before but like it, it works really well it's so. all it's all those oldies feels and maybe it's because i'm a mexican-american in the west side of san antonio but oldies is that jam bro okay i was like is that a thing it's, it's part of the culture yeah okay. okay but uh like yeah yeah as many uh quinceaneras that i fucking stood in and shit like that it was always yeah everybody had to dance to like i'm your puppet and stuff so it brought back a lot of teenage memories no i'm just like no but he hasn't blinked during this whole conversation the, uh, <laughs> no but the soundtrack is amazing so look it up that's all i got for you though and uh i'll second it to just say the actual score itself though it's not something i would go out of my way to just listen to because it literally does probably too good of a job of adding suspense making you feel like it's going to make you feel like you're having a panic attack. 
Um, but it's very, it's it is, great. It is my favorite thing about the movie hands down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap our conversation on don't worry, darling, take a little break. And then on the other side, Pacific Rim. All right. And we are back. Going to be continuing our Del Toro movie series, talking about his 2013 film Pacific Rim. Woo. Woo! Um, the sad undertone for this movie is the fact that this is the longest gap we've gotten between releases. It is five years. 2008. Yeah, five years between releases. But after especially watching the movie and watching the trailer, it's probably just because it took took a long time to make. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Also, that dude hits a lot of studio problems so <laughs> True, unfortunate man. unfortunate you can never just release a yeah, yeah dude he's fighting for his life out there I, I think now we're to the point where that's not the case anymore i hope so um i hope so because this whole pinocchio thing definitely seems like a passion project of his mm-hmm. well so, so. Th- i think everything he releases almost i think this is also a passion project. oh yeah no doubt because okay it is an original work. It's not based off anything. Like there's no book or something it was created from. Obviously, it it is derived from his love for like giant monsters, giant robots. When this movie came out, there was a fluctuation of videos that I watched on YouTube of Del Toro going when he was visiting Japan, going in Gundam museums. Yeah, man. Dude's a legend. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you can obviously- tell he his, his love for all that translates perfectly it does into this movie um but with that let's go ahead and get into it i um i'm just gonna go and say i love this movie i love pacific room so much i'm gonna start this off with a little story about younger past chris i was working at a movie store right um Pacific Rim came out i was very excited for it i i wasn't at the point yet where i was like watching directors i, I was i was getting there but I was very excited, literally, just because, dude, giant robots and giant monsters, fuck yeah. Uh, always a good time. Always a good time. And I watched it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, they released a toy line and a graphic novel about telling like separate stories of different pilots of different parts of the country. I sold my Xbox and all of my Xbox games, controllers, any accessories, so I could buy all of it. Holy shit. Day after this movie came out. I've never heard this story before. I know. And I just, I had to have every single thing. And I was, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. I, this is college. Like, it's just, I, I, I was a man. I was like, I need this. This stuff is so fucking cool. I do know some of the names of these kaiju just because I had their figures. Um, That's amazing. And, oh man, I, I love this movie. I'm so glad it still holds up. That is my biggest praise, honestly, from... Because you look at the, we, we've talked a lot about how he underutilizes CG, and like his past films, that, right. like, and like in a way that like he tries to use it tactfully. It's in your fucking face in this. And it's movie. in your face in this movie. It is definitely, and since I can tell you for a fact, I've seen everything else beyond this point. It is the one that has the most CG. It it still holds up. It absolutely still holds up. There are point. There are some parts that you can kind of tell it's not like the newest movie, but overall, dude, it looks so good. From my perspective, going through all of his movies, um, I feel like he's a master at using technology available to him in the most effective ways. Yeah. Like. I mean, because practical effects were running the show since movies became movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
he used he's been using that stuff since the beginning of Absolutely. of his career he managed to, to there's the still some practical greatest. effects in this too yeah yeah oh some great ones for sure uh <laughs> but like you get to you get to this point and i feel like he waited out the cg to to he, make he like a fully right time. yeah exactly exactly he he found a perfect time to just exist in mm-hmm. and to be a director to where he got to make this movie because um i mean we talked about some of the cg and um and hellboy yeah some it's really good some of it's a little bit iffy um i don't feel like anything in this movie is really iffy so just to be cl- to clarify, are you saying Hellboy or Hellboy Two? Hellboy Two. Okay, my bad. I was okay, just to clarify because I was like right. Hellboy One does have some pretty dated. Oh but no, yeah, yeah Hellboy yeah. Two looks fine. Hellboy yeah. Two looks fine, but there's there's some that like if it came out today, you'd be like, what is that? Yeah, you know absolutely, I mean? um, absolutely. Uh, this stuff is great. Absolutely, it, it holds up. We watched so the trailer well. just now, and I was like, this could be coming out this summer. Absolutely, I, I and I'd go see that. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, um, but it is. It's very easy to just make a monster movie, um, like to just have it just be like just about fights. And this man knows what he's doing. There are great fights still at the forefront, but I and I think you've referenced it before. Like Congress is Godzilla. You don't watch that for the story. I have this same note actually. <laughs> but in this movie, there is an equally good story to go with your good fights. Yes, and that's actually really hard to pull off with a movie like this. This, this is what that franchise could be exactly you know what i mean like if if some heart was put into it mm-hmm. i believe because not again i enjoy kong and godzilla and that whole franchise mm-hmm. but it it doesn't hold a candle to this shit in my book because of the story aspect that's fair you know that's completely I mean? fair because like and i didn't think about this till i saw this like we, we i watched it last week where um and my, my most common complaint, which I feel like the internet, maybe yourself included, when you watch like the Godzillas or stuff, or the Kongs of that nature, it's just like, man, there's just these pe- the humans are just shoehorned in there. Yeah. Uh, and this, it's such a, it's a good balance. Like you, you, you're not upset about not seeing monsters when you're watching the people. And then of course, when the monsters are on screen, you're just having a great time. I know what is going to complain yeah, about dude, that shit. It's just such a good balance that I forgot somebody could actually do because like you're right like especially congress is godzilla i think is a i think it's very good i loved it um i will not say that i don't i do think there is heart in those films i don't th- i don't think that's not the thing that the the story is not necessarily there and they definitely it feels like they try too hard to implement the humans in there uh, over our time with this podcast i've found myself using the label a lot of it being a fun movie yeah like and that's and that's all it's supposed to be and it's okay to make those types of movies but this is levels above that absolutely absolutely i would definitely put pacific room over like obviously congress is godzilla um over most like you know there's not one i could think of at the moment uh i'm just like that obviously i have not watched all godzilla movies yeah um i've seen a good bit yeah and um no pacific rim over that oh that's fair um but at the same time and you can't deny this you don't get godzilla i mean you don't get pacific rim without godzilla and all those other movies he actually right if you watch to the end credits he has a shout out to the person who was in the suit of godzilla original movie that's who that is yes i was wondering i was wondering who that was um Um, but yeah obviously this man grew up loving monsters there's there's for all we know imagine if godzilla didn't exist 
would Del Toro even direct? And then because like they're called, they're still called kaiju. Well, yeah, because that's just a Japanese well. word for big monster. Right, right. Um, but I feel that he took a lot of liberties in creating like different types of terms and titles mm-hmm. for things. Yeah, there's a whole. Movie. He makes he, a whole universe here. He totally could have just come up with a a name for the the species that's mm-hmm. coming out of the mm-hmm. ocean and. But he's a fucking nerd. Yeah, so dude, he went he with stuck, Kaiju, and dude, it fucking Kaiju. works. No, yeah, it's perfect. It's so good. It's perfect. Um, the whole Jaeger versus Kaiju thing is just—it's so amazing. Dope. Yeah, it's amazing, and like, it's weird to say original because there are so many things that obviously he took inspiration from to make this, but he does still make it his own. The bones, the bones of other things make the structure of this movie yes like of of the movies and and media that's come before it exactly but the the details the meat the meat of the balance of people and monsters just done so well and so stylish exactly yeah because like it's like a well-placed chain sword man it just cuts right to the core um, well done sir <laughs> well done uh but that one i applaud <laughs> Hey man, my One Direction was fine. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but like, because you were talking about a passion project earlier, this screams that because because oh, yeah. obviously this isn't a script somebody else wrote that he just was like, I would like to direct a movie about John. He this is his baby. He's yeah. like, I love kaiju. I love robots. Like he's a Gundam fan, obviously. And um, supposedly he hadn't seen Evangelion at the time of making this. That's surprising. Right, because... He got a lot of anime haters because of that. That's that's the most compared one that I've seen yes. to this. And it's fairly fairly so. I get it. Um, yeah. But pe- people were getting upset at the point that, uh, that this was coming out because they're like, oh, you ripped it off. And I think we said it before, too. Like, I want to know what he thinks about Evangelion. I, I would love to know. I'm so curious. Honestly, I just want to know what he thinks about everything. I just want to have a conversation with this man. Everything, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's a dream, bro. We're going to make it someday. One day. If we, if we get like our choice of guests, no matter what comes out between now and then, let's promise right now that we we choose Guillermo del Toro. Okay. I was thinking about it in the shower today, not to be weird, but um, I I coincidentally didn't have any clothes on. It doesn't have anything to do with this. (laughs) I do shower naked, believe it or not. Del Toro-san. But I was thinking like, man, if it were to blow up, you know what I mean? Life is storytelling yeah. in, in fucking in under the lights, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, like who would we bring on? Cause I mean, eventually that's where podcasts get, right? Yeah, a lot it's of the like, you, you, you want to bring on a guest once in a while, stuff like that. Like who would we bring on? Fucking obviously Delta for would us. be such a good choice. Yeah, dude. And, and it'd be wonderful. And I was thinking about like, I'll what, drive. what kind of, uh, what kind of questions would I ask him and stuff, you know? So I would probably overthink it. And then when I see him, just my mind would just go to, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Dude. And <laughs> uh, yeah. And just like, dude, what, what's your favorite anime? What'd you think of that one scene where, duh, duh, duh. and uh, one of the things I wanted, uh, I thought of, and I was like, that's a keeper is, um, in Chrono. And I'm sorry, I kind of going off. No, go right for it now, but it is still talking about our series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Kronos, he talks about how the grandfather and grandchild dynamic is kind of based off of him and his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, like, are there any other characters throughout all of your other movies that were also based off of you? You know, and I I would love I would love to know. That's great that you said that, because um, 
as I said, I was obsessed with this movie when it came out. And I've you seen know some interviews. Huh? I know some things. Um, he says in the main cast of this movie, he, there's a little. He sees a little bit of himself in each one, That's and that great. does include. And he he brings up heavily Charlie Day's character. Yeah, really. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's great, man. Thank you for that. No problem, man. No yeah. problem. It's just something I was going to bring up everybody here Everybody anyway. thank Chris. Everybody. It's better than everybody hates Chris. Um, <laughs> but no, dude, like it's this movie is so obviously it's special to me, but I can't believe how effortlessly he balances out like a human story. Like you actually because uh, all of these have something where the kaiju are decimating human civilizations. I care about all of these. Characters. And you care about these people. You want to hear what they're saying. There's there's points where it's literally just people talking, and you're not like, oh, dude, I, why don't I have a fight right now? Even the douchebag asshole, who who like, up later comes back around. What the Aussie? Yeah, the Aussie. Yeah, yeah the douchebag ass. Oh, fuck him, man. Fuck him for ninety nine percent of this movie. No, oh, that's too much. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's in the nineties though. Yeah, I'll okay. give him eight percent. He, he ends like, up making. Okay, hold he, on, because this is the point great. to say it. In this movie came out in 2013. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Guy. There are spoilers in the Pacific Rim episode, a portion of this episode. <laughs> um, he gave such a sacrifice at the end. Yeah, man. And he had the, and I have it here. Um, he, and that's and that's the thing is, like, I was like, screw this guy, you know, which is what you want from an antagonist. Because I, I feel like the majority of the time he is a bit of an antagonist yeah. towards uh, Charlie. His name is not Charlie. In the fuck oh because you um <laughs> it's uh, uh riley riley yeah yeah um riley towards him oh, he, he says it was australian riley riley uh <laughs> <laughs> you do it so well thanks man I don't um, know. but yeah his name i have his name right it's chuck here. chuck yeah He's a real dick. Because I have it listed here. Chuck is mean for no reason. But Max is doing his best to be the best boy of this film. That's the little bulldog. Yeah, man. He's just trucking along. I dude. have that note as well. And he's just so happy. He's just like it, it's a big. It's big to show smile you that there's a that good side to Chuck. And 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 his dad is also very cool. His dad is the sweet. Like he's such a good papa. I love him. They have a moment. I'm just. I don't, there's no yeah, order man. here. We're just going into it. Yeah. I love their scene where their mech gets shut down. And it's like, we got to do something. And yeah. he, they have a flare gun. And it's like, what was it? Like, do you want to do you want to stay safe and wait for a ri- wait for help or do something really stupid? <laughs> and they go, they just shoot that giant. It's for the record, it's called the Leatherback. Um, they shoot the Leatherback in the eye with two flare guns. <laughs> and they would have died had they not, de- had the anime trope not transpired of, oh, the hero is here. <laughs> and then he just drops from the carrier yeah dude it's so good there's so much electric guitar in this movie dude um but yeah i i wanted to dislike him the whole way through you know and then you get to uh, because again we're skipping around a bit yeah Um, go for it talk about what you want yeah he ends up sacrificing himself uh pretty much to to make this happen um the the main thing that they do where they <laughs> defeat the kaiju. Yep. Um, but only for a while because Pacific Rim two. We don't but, acknowledge that maybe. But uh <laughs> It's fine, but gone. But um and then I, I found myself just like, oh man, like he, what a great character. You know? I so I never ended up hating him. I don't think he I, I do think as I have listed here, he gets a little rough for no reason. Yeah. Um, just an asshole. For yeah, the sake he's just of a jerk, but asshole. like he fills his own trope. 
Like yeah, he's perfect. He he would with lack for lack of a better term, like he he'd be like your Bakugo. And and that's the thing that I'm getting at is that <laughs> Bakugo. Well, because you have your Deku, <laughs> and it's just like hey man, because he's not a full Sasuke, he's not emo. Nah, nah, yeah, chill, chill, chill. I love Bakugo. By you the can way. talk about all the that's anime my favorite with this character. movie. But Bakugo is my favorite character. He's my, oh, look at us. Oh dude. shit. I have you know my first my second note right here is me and Chris are definitely drift compatible. Ah oh, shit, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm just curious what yours is going to be so to compare this randomly to dark souls 2 um because this will go into a yeah a huge praise i have for the movie one of the biggest complaints for dark souls 2 is that there's just no variety in the monsters and the creatures that there that you fight your bosses mm-hmm. there is every single kaiju except for the exception of a baby which makes sense um every single kaiju looks vastly different from the other absolutely and it's just so, and that and you don't even have to do it for this, but it happens anyway. Every Jaeger also looks completely different, Very different from the other. There is so much variety in these designs. It's it's amazing. They are immaculate. And I'm also going to use that to ask you a question. Ernest, what was your favorite uh, Jaeger? My favorite Jaeger was the um, the Chinese one. Name it. Uh, it is. I don't Crimson have Typhoon. Thank you, sir. Crimson Typhoon is the coolest looking one in that's very cool in the whole that uh, to me to me I that's think fair it's it, definitely not the one i picked that is that is my favorite what's pick, yours mine is cherno alpha i think cherno alpha looks awesome it's the russian one yeah uh and with those two over the top russian <laughs> pilots just so bleach blonde hair dude. just like, big bleach blonde yeah, hair. yeah dude it's yeah. and the, like they also have my favorite like because they to go into the variety even more everybody has their own Every mech has its own individualized like pilot suits, and yeah. I love because it looks like they're like like a robotic cyclops of sorts for the Russians, and it just has this glowing red eye that just looks very menacing and very like those, cyberpunky. And each suit as well, they they're so fucking cool, man. They like are. they're they are. and they're so well. These sets put you actually feel like you're inside a Jaeger. Oh yeah, yeah, you're in the head of that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um and but uh those first set of suits when it's um Riley and his Riley brother and his dad or his brother. Brother. Um wow. Yep. Wow, the way they like click into place and Dude, all yeah, cuz literally so there's sick. so much cuz you can that's all practical. For the most yeah. part, you can see some digital effects of course, but yeah. and you also get the yeah, voice of GLaDOS from Portal and all that stuff and yeah. it's very cool, man. Yeah, man. Um but on to go along with that, who is your favorite kaiju? Uh, favorite kaiju and if you well, don't know the name it's fine just and say whatever. this is actually my uh dark souls reference oh go for it because we talked about this before and it's another we reason. both happen to have dark souls yeah, references it's, it's uh another reason that we're drift compatible but uh, although it is a different reference um i have it in my notes as the basilisk kaiju um because it looks just like a basilisk from um dark souls it is oh. the one that has the baby and all that. So you yeah. said basilisk. I don't know why I was thinking about like um, I was thinking Harry Potter. No, yeah, not, not like a snake. But the, <laughs> Until you said from yeah, the yeah, lizard yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that okay. one's my favorite. So my favorite is definitely Leatherback because that also has to do He's with awesome. my favorite fight. Because um, it's so sad. Because I love Cherno Alpha, and they're just there to die. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Because Cherno Alpha is going in right. They're, they're going in. They're going in for that fight, and then out of nowhere, bro. Uh, oh, this isn't one kaiju. 
Leatherback just dude, like a gorilla. Yeah, it's and, so and that's, badass. And that's what I was in my head. It's the gorilla one. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. completely fair. And not only that, it's evolved to the point to turn off electro- electronics. Oh, dude, the EMP. Yeah, yeah, it was sick. And then you it get so one of my favorite anime tropes that just get used over and over again. Oh no, our main character is the only one who's able to able to help us. Lucky for him. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, Gypsy Danger running on analog. We need you. Which the names names are very cool. the names of everything in this movie striker eureka uh, dude it's so good it's so yeah, good yeah pentecost the names of the jaegers are just like mm-hmm. not so gypsy danger gypsy danger is perfect is is so fantastic and like it's it can so like when you look at their suits like it's very like um almost futuristic very like it's very uh polished if you will um very shiny white smooth and all that um, Australians, you can kind of tell, like it's a little rougher. Like it's 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 a little, it's still a great design, but like it just looks a little rougher. Like the Russian one looks very like old school, like in a weird like old school futuristic way. And um, and then of course when you have the Chinese one, the 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 Crimson Typhoon, uh, it, it just looks very. It, they all fit their nations very well. And they're a, a trio instead of a duo. And I will say that is my biggest complaint about the movie. That we don't get to know, they don't go into the. Oh, fact that they that don't get fleshed. Yeah, out. no, I'm not upset that there are three. I'm just like, I thought that's so cool. Yeah, like I would love to know more about this this uh, mech being piloted by three people when it's normally just done by two. And I think they touch <sighs> on it just a little bit. A little because, bit. Look, so the way that it works, and another credit to him being unique is the way that these fucking Jaegers are piloted. Yep. Um, I've never seen anything like that. I mean where it's two people anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I've seen it before where it's just like one person and as they move around, oh, almost like how VR works, like as they move around, like they'll like run and the mech will run and they'll punch and the mech will punch. I, I've seen that before. Um, but for two people to have to be linked um, like into their brains and yep. give up all their memories and all these types of things. Like, I, I mean, I've never seen anything. I mean, Dragon Ball has done fusion before, so I don't know. I guess that's kind of the same. It's like the exact same thing. But uh, no, well, so no, it's the, I'm saying it jokingly. It is very different, but the <laughs> what you get, what you're describing is the same thing. Yeah. A melding yeah. of brains. Yeah. Melding yeah. of memories. Coming like together that. to but make But no, you're absolutely right. Like it's that. it's very unique. And um, it's, it's so dope, man. Um, and and so props to him on being unique with that as well, but um, but I, so I'll use that to segue into what was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Um, and so obviously when Jaegers drift together, or Jaeger pilots drift together, rather, um, they share memories. Uh, we have a newbie pilot, yeah. um, Mako, who when she drifts, her first drift with uh, Charlie Hunnam uh, Riley. Or Jax, whatever you want to call him. Um, you get to see her memories. And I think that is such a good way to not waste time with your movie. It just fits so well to give us her backstory. And it's also not just thrown at us either. Mm-mm. Because there is buildup to that. Yeah, because there's something that she's not saying. There's yeah. a reason that Idris Elba's character is not wanting to let her pilot. And she's we not. also get to know more about his what his nosebleed situation is. Right. And all that through yeah, that as it well. It all just goes together, it all goes together so well. But, so the scene with this, you see um, M- Makamori as a t- small child... 
and there's this giant cra- like crab-like kaiju just ransacking the city. Um, the child is excellent. She's adorable. Um, she conveys fear perfectly. So well. This is the a horror. Del Toro Exactly. It is a horror movie actors. in this scene because it li- you literally feel like and Charlie Hunnam's right there because he's seeing he's watching as like an outsider to the memory. Um, you can feel her isolation. You like it's a huge city that this giant crab's just going through, but you there's never a point where you're like, oh, where, no one's coming to help her. Like, where are the people that are going to save her? You just feel that she's alone, and that's what she's feeling, and it just adds to that dread. And then that moment that the crab like locks eyes on her, it's just like, oh my. God. Um, of course, she does end up getting saved by Idris Elba, uh, which we learn about and all that. But that scene is so good and so effective at what it's trying to deliver to you. I love it. I love it so much. I What I love about that scene is I, I feel like there's a little bit of a difference between like monster fight movies, mm-hmm. which are awesome, and then just monster movies, which are awesome. Um, and you have like, I mean, giant monsters. Mm-hmm. though like cloverfield mm-hmm. like godzilla stuff like that where they build that suspense it's not just like action mm-hmm. it's like they show oh, more of the horrifying oh, shit, aspect this thing of it. is coming to get me and you stand no chance against yeah them. and and in that moment in that scene it changes the vibe completely from like um and it's just brief moments too because there's a fight going on at the same time um so like or no, there's not a fight going on. That's when she almost blasts everybody, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just the drift test. Yeah, they're doing the drift test, and she almost activates the gun inside the uh, fucking yep. base. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. yeah, that's what it is. But there's that intense moment going on mm-hmm. while you're skipping back to that flashback, and um, in that moment, it like stops being like this monster fight movie. Mm-hmm. To, and it goes to like that more horror aspect like you're absolutely saying. and, and so then you well go back done. afterwards but like i just i mean because there's delta it's like oh there's del toro yeah because this is another this is a good segue for my next thought here um this movie like we were talking about how hellboy one and hellboy two were like showcases for everything he's learned up to that point yeah this is a complete departure from he hasn't done anything like this before this right it is like there's no robots there's no giant monsters there's no needing to team up and do all these things. This is like the biggest cast he's had to work with. Um, and it's also very notable that other than Ron Perlman, there's no returning cast members here. These yeah. are all new for him. Which it was great to see Ron Perlman though. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's always, dude, it's always great. And dude, he, yeah. he is, uh, what's the Ric Flair thing? He is styling and profiling, dude. He's yeah, killing there you it. Go. He's yeah. killing it. Where's my goddamn boot? He's, you know, you know, he loved dressing up for this movie. Absolutely, dude. His, dude, everything about him is so cool. It's, like his suit, his glass his goggle name. things. Hannibal. Ah, oh, dude, it's so good. Dude, it's I, so good. I have it down right here. Ah, oh, where is it? Where is it? Hannibal Chow. Hannibal Chow is his name. Yeah. And he says, took the name from my favorite historical. <laughs> Favorite historical character and my second favorite Szechuan restaurant in Brooklyn. It's precious. And it's such, oh, dude, there's lines in this movie. There are. That are just, that, oh, there's some one liners. There, there are several. I have them like spread out fucking throughout my notes. One, don't you ever touch me again. Two, don't you ever touch me again. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's so good. Idris Elba, um, I have a note next to him 
that says he just constantly gives rousing speeches. He does throughout this, which entire is all movie. he's asked to do. Everything that he says, like I feel motivated. Yeah, <laughs> like every single line. Every and like exactly, dude. Uh, he is so inspirational enough to where he got Chuck to make that sacrifice with him. Dude, yeah, it's wild, and he because he didn't want to at first. He was like, "We're gonna go out here and die. Like, what's wrong yep. with you?" And he like swings him over with one of those rousing speeches. He does. He does. Yeah, and it's a good one. It's it a is, good one. It too. is a very good one. Um, Man. But I can't, I can't stress enough because just because you you brought up Chuck, I, I want to stress. I love his relationship with his father. It is so like that. So honestly, because that's another, um, another example of the variety here. No duo, no team that's cr- operating a Jaeger is the same as the other. Yeah. Like we have, have um, Gypsy Danger where it's Riley who is looking for a new pilot since his brother died at the beginning of the movie who we get Mako and we learn about her and all that. And of course that's our main characters but they end up kind of developing feelings for each other that don't really, they don't go into it too much but like something's there. Um, and then as we were just saying for Striker Eureka we have Chuck and his father um, and like that's a they they have a you can tell they have just a, such a strong bond their ki- their chemistry is perfect maybe they are related i don't know they i i bought that they were father and son yeah i was like dude that's it. so like they're killing it like you would i would hate chuck because he's a jick like a, a complete jerk to like um riley or other people like actually it's only riley <laughs> and uh, uh mako oh, and mako sometimes but uh anytime he's just with his dad i was like dude you're great I love I love their dynamic so much. And there's even a part where his dad says, um, "Like, yeah, he's a fucking asshole." Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. he's my son. He's though. my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's and because I think in that moment he's like, "I never really know if I should give him a kick, give him a kick in the butt, or a hug, or something." And then um, I think it's Charlie Hunnam who's like, "Just like I think I know which one." He I needs. think I know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when they're at lunch and he just that's exactly. The, that's I think that's the first time you see him on TV before that, but that's the first time that he's like there with somebody else in person yeah and um they make sure to like off the bat let you know he's a dick yeah absolutely um because he definitely goes from zero to 100 <laughs> it it kind of felt like um if you've listened to previous episodes uh in devil's backbone um oh the yeah. one that ends up being his his the, best the friend, friend um he's like a real asshole to i will him say chuck is not as fleshed out as almost for no him. reason mm. and then ends up being more heroic than anything else like your baka goes like your baka goes like your baka goes fuck yeah <laughs> we love you baka go we love you baka sponsor us baka go <laughs> um but then just to continue the, with the others so you don't really get to know about the russians i assume it's a husband and wife i think they're husband and wife yeah. i think they mentioned it yeah. um but then again that's the only like established like romantic relationship out of all of them and then of course you get to the crimson typhoon those are triplets right there's a, there's a just triplets from China. Like, dude, they're, they're all so different. Real quick, I, I want to take what you said there and kind of emphasize on it that um, they're the only established relationship mm-hmm. in it. Um, there's this, like, strange tension throughout the movie with Mako and Riley. Yep. And um, I love where it's left. I do, too. I, like, I do, we, too. We didn't. I, I love that like he didn't need a love story in order to like like push this forward mm-hmm. but it's still it's still shown that it's there and I think it's also interesting because also often in movies I, and it goes the the other way as well 
But in majority of movies, especially like ones of this magnitude, from what I've noticed, mm-hmm. it's always the guy interested in the girl. Yep. Um, and you can tell Mako has kind of a crush on um, and it's the most anime like Riley. scenes ever oh yeah peeking through the hole yeah like, yeah, yeah charlie like hunnam that. just doesn't have a shirt on it's just like oh, yeah. oh close he's, the door he's about to he's about to knock on the door and he's completely and, aloof and he's uh, like oh never mind i'm not gonna knock on it yeah, and he walks dude. away and then there's a knock on the door afterwards and she like pops up all happy and yeah. she opens it and it's her like father figure and she like no. oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> and it's just great um but i love that that that's not it's there but it's not thrown in your face or anything absolutely like that. And, and even like, like at the end of it it yeah. could you you could I, I would accept an argument of like i don't i don't think necessarily that charlie i mean that riley and mako end up together but at the same time they could but that the reason like that that's so good is because guess what that's not the focus of your film yeah and there i feel like in the end of it they're kind of understanding each other on a deeper level absolutely because they've i mean they've literally been in each other's memories and and i feel like you know at the beginning when they first do the drift test and she almost fucking blasts everybody that she works with yep. all her co-workers um you they're struggling to find that like common ground and yeah work together and the ultimate their love goal for of the movie all of <laughs> the they're like where we get in the movie is them being able to work together Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything more than that. I'm so happy that we didn't get less than that. It's just that perfect amount of relationship in order to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time that I saw it in that very last scene where they're on that raft together, I thought, I was convinced that they were about to kiss. I was like, okay, he's about to kiss. And they, he, it's perfect. What happens. And, and they don't, they give a little forehead touch. Yeah, it's and great, it's man. so precious because I I think it was last week I was talking about how Del Toro um, does a really good job of expressing like physical love that's not sexual. Yes, and this is exactly that. Right. It doesn't feel like anything's being held back. It doesn't feel like it's like oh they're just doing it to like not have an R rating or something like that. Um, it's just you feel in the moment it's genuine and you're sold on it, it's, and it's yeah, so good. There's I have so many platonic relationships with females, you know what I mean? And, and it's, you know, hugs and, and things like this. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it's never anything like weird. It, and I love when it's portrayed in a movie that way. Exactly. Cause it's a thing that I think movies can forget. Yeah. It, it's a thing. Yeah. Like it's a thing. And there doesn't always There's ha- several rom-coms around the idea. If romance. you can be friends with the other gender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no strings attached. Uh, oh, no, wait, no. Friends of Benefits. Friends of Bring Benefits. Bring him back to Justin Timberlake, I believe. They end up getting back together. Oof. But that's a, that's a great movie. Shout out to JT. <laughs> a lot of JT love today. I, I He's one of my favorite people. But I want to bring, because I don't think he's going to come up organically. Um, another member of the cast I really enjoy. Say it, please. Um, it's not who you're thinking. It's Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah, no, that's. Oh, is it really? About. Yeah. Oh wow. Tendo Choi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you see him with his little bow tie. He's, he's just like the operative. He's just so operator. He, I've never seen him in anything where I was like, ah, you know. <laughs> Have you seen um, Crank Two? Yeah. He's the ferret, and I know you've seen Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. He's one of the vegan police. <laughs> And um, yeah, and he's in Westworld. He, I yes, love he's him definitely, in Westworld. Westworld is great. That's where we get. Uh, that's where I got to see him. I think do the most. 
Yeah. Um, because a, a lot of I don't the times, know, man, it's, vegan police. I'm just smaller <laughs> roles. <laughs> a lot of the time, it's smaller roles like the ones that yeah. you mentioned. But in Westworld, we get to see a character be fleshed out, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and I loved it, man. And that's fair. Yeah, dude, obviously, Westworld is great, and uh, he and just always sticks his landing. You know, I'm I'm so like that's literally now I believe we're drift compatible. If that's literally who you're like, please say it. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I'm dude, I'm not saying Charlie Day right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But speaking of, oh, um, man. so Charlie doctors, Day. And then um, Burn Gorman, yeah. the our two scientists, Newt and Herman, um, they are great. They are, I love their little d- duo dynamic. At first, they're like against each other. Then it's even funnier when they're like, "Okay, old chap, let's go, there, let's do this." There are we must both uh, we must both drift with the kaiju. Yeah, oh dude, he's <laughs> so good. The biggest square, and then the biggest, Absolutely. and then like the most laid back doctor you've ever you, fucking. I seen. will never believe that man's. Is, I, I I literally thought of like the Buzz Lightyear thing. I don't think that guy's. I, I don't think that nurse has been, seen a day in medical school. <laughs> uh, like just he, I do not buy. He's a scientist. <laughs> But I love him. I don't care. He, he's like that uh, nearly mad scientist. Well, actually, like, if you've seen the sequel, he becomes frazzled. a fully mad scientist. True. True. Wow. I, and, you know, I forget so much about the sequel. That's fair. I do. Oh, but I remember enjoying it, though. And I, I enjoyed John it when Boyega. I watched it. Um, so, fun fact. I was going to bring this up later. But we can blame your favorite movie on the fact that Del Toro didn't do the sequel. He oh. Had, he, ended up, he ended up in a position... Um, where he either waits to make, uh, I, I'm going to just dumb it down cause I don't remember every specific detail. Okay. Um, it did eventually come down to, he's going to make shape of water when he wants to, or he's going to make Pacific Rim too, essentially when a studio wants him to. Ah, and he chose Shape of Water. And Del Toro gonna do what Del Toro gonna do. And it's baby. the one he won an Oscar for. <laughs> yeah, that fucking worked out, didn't it? Um, How many awards did Pacific Rim two win? None. I mean, Pacific Stupid. Rim one didn't win any awards either. They the studio should have fucking waited for him. They should. I I think. I hope. I'm. It's literally what we were saying at the beginning, lesson. man. Studios just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> do yourself a favor and just let this man work. He's just gonna make. He's gonna make gold, man. Um, I don't actually know how well this performed. Well, I assume it performed well at the box office. If they were gonna, if they were really wanting a sequel, and then of course, as you brought up, there is an anime now on Netflix. The anime is so good. It is good. Me, um, me and Ernest have only seen season one. Yeah, and it's so good. Though. And but we like binged that shit. I did not expect it to be so good. I I put it on to do something i was gonna like play a game on my phone or something yeah and i was like oh, i'll just put this on and have it in the background you know and then like fuck whatever game that was i was playing because i then watched the whole thing yeah in a day i was gonna i was i sat down as like i'm gonna eat real quick and then i'm gonna go play some games put it on and I, that was my whole day and i was like oh my god this is good i need to watch season two Still need to watch season two. There's a lot going on right now. Um, a lot. But yeah, we got homework. We got homework. Um, but Back I do. Pacific Rim. I do love um, Charlie Day's scene. Absolutely. I don't gets, think there's a bad performance. He gets a good He gets a good bit of screen time. I love and his scenes with Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say. You, you and those, did it, did you? Those scenes are, are part of it as well, but. A lot of the Charlie Day scenes are the scenes where we get some of my favorite practical effects in that this movie. That is true. 
um because all the brains and mm-hmm. guts and stuff like this is is mostly like around charlie day for we, most of the movie and we and I, I have it here we in a sense it's not a full one but we still del toro kind of manages to give a kaiju autopsy he also movie. manages to give a giant kaiju sized peen sucker don't remember saying it the basilisk has. Oh, I, I guess. What's the what's the basilisk's actual name? I don't remember at the moment. Okay. I don't know all of them. Mister, I know everything about Pacific. I'm I said just, only I'm a few. Playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. There's one but, called Raiju, and everyone laughed because it's called Raiju the Kaiju. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, man, you get to see some real gooey, icky shit, man. And then, like, what I love about some of those practical effects, too, is that, like, Majority of them are like samples of organs yep. from um, from kaijus. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that it was like a full thing. And then they like cut it like a sample. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's incredibly so well done. It is. Yeah. But he does love his autopsies as well. He does. And oh, this man. time we got to have a, the realization that one of the kaiju is pregnant. Oh, my God. Wonderful moment. And then the fuck. <laughs> And we get Ron Perlman's air quotes death. Oh man! Because <laughs> you watched the after credit scene, right? Oh yeah. Okay, I was yeah. like, I need you to see it because it's hilarious. He does like, uh, the, dude. First of all, because before we even go into that, thing. Ron Perlman manages to get in some. I'm gonna call it a blade throwback with his fucking knife. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, if there is a blade in a Guillermo del Toro movie, it's gonna be flying all over. The it's place. gonna have some flourishes with it. Flur- we've used the word flourish on nearly every single one of these movies. The dude flourishes, man. Yeah. Let him flourish. Let him peacock. <laughs> um, but, dude, because uh, when the baby comes out, then, of course, Ron Perlman's like, oh, it, it, it died. Because it gets choked out by its umbilical cord. Yeah, and he goes on this whole spiel. Yeah, like, he man. knew it wasn't going to make it. Yada, no, yada, yada. I knew it as soon as I seen it. I th- knew it, it wasn't going to. Then make he threw it. the knife in the like the thing's nose. He turns around and then they Sam Jackson him like from Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, home it just gets chomped up, bro. And it's 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 legendary. It's it's great. And it, the great thing too is that that baby kaiju is still terrifying. It is. I actually find it a little adorable. Adorably terrified. <laughs> if that thing was running at me, I'd be terrified. But when you look at it, it's just big. It just looks like a weird chameleon. Terrifyingly adorable. But where that baby comes from is um, a fight with Leatherback and this. Um, I can't remember the name of the other kaiju. I, I, I should have the basilisk. That is that the one? They're the two that are in the ocean. That's together. the basilisk. Yeah. I was thinking of the wrong one then. Yeah, it's the or okay. The one that gets cut in half with the sword is the one you're calling the basilisk. Is is it the one? Yeah, no, I think that was a third one. No, I think there there's three of them in that scene, and I'm getting one of them mixed up. Okay, so yeah. the scene I'm talking about right now is the one with the big leatherback who shuts off all the electronics. Right. Um, but there is another kaiju that. F- we don't know flies, but ends up sprouting wings. And it's epic. It is super epic because. And because it's such a thing, like, I, I remember it reminded me of Dragon Ball Z being like, oh, this isn't even my final form. <laughs> <laughs> and they do it back and forth with um, that kaiju grows wings and then out of nowhere, Gypsy Danger has a sword. Yeah. 
fish and just cuts it in half while it's literally being lifted into space. It's the ace up his sleeve. Exactly. And dude, literally. but it's so good. And I was going to say that whole fight, because the way it's implemented, like, starts off in the ocean, fighting Leatherback, yeah. goes into the city. Um, he's fighting both of these things. There's a point where he's dragging a huge ass like boat behind him and he swings it, all this stuff. And the fact that the effects just make it really look like it's real. And it's like an, a fucking oil tanker. Yeah, uh, it's, dude. It's, it's not it's small. Not, it's not a boat. It's not that's, small. It's a whole ass ship. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that, because obviously with this movie, a movie like this, there's a there's a level of um, suspended disbelief. Like you have to just accept it. The visuals make it so easy because it looks so real. Yeah. And I want to point out, um, I think the editing is also really good in this because the cuts that go from the Ye- the CGI Jaeger fights to showing the pilots' reactions inside the mech, Seamless. you buy it. You believe that they're like, oh, my God, his arm's been hurt and he's holding it. Or like he's swinging the sword and you see that hand coming down. They take a hit. They're like, hold on, brace. Like it just because it goes back and forth between these full CGI scenes to the practical effects inside that. Like what's a set of like the inside of the mech? And it just it's effortless back and and forth. Another another, you know, more props to Guillermo about just great physical acting in his movies because mm-hmm. these actors did have to do these things at the exact same time and they do such a great job they of did. it they did um like and and that's that was the part the first time that i seen it i i enjoyed it much more this time mm-hmm. not to say that i didn't enjoy it the first time i did love but it. now you're watching it with the context of a whole filmography uh, right Right. And after, like, you know, talking about so many movies, I'm pretty much an expert at this point. <laughs> Fucking, oh my God, I don't mean that. Please don't hold that against me. Fucking, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, for, for them to be able to synchronize like that and pull off those, those moves. And I mean, it's just them doing like simple things, but to get to anybody to synchronize with you and movements. And like, I have to imagine those, like, the set that they're on, like, the, the, the mechs the mech um hub or whatever that they're piloting and they probably it's probably moving like shaking yeah i mean you to can add to the effect you can see where there's all these like fucking gyrating yeah, parts yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. on this set because i think i don't think that's just a camera shaking i think that would look different and um, a lot of it is to the point where they're even like if they get hit like from the right side you see them both like fly to the left at the same time and stuff like that it's just so well done it is yeah and it's just so good it is so good. I will, I will, I will echo. Well, not echo. I will point out something else that I think is a little sad. This is as of right now. This is like the last like really fun out there, Del Toro movie. Because the I'll, the next few are very serious. Yeah. Which is not a complaint about those movies at all, but I would love to see him do something. Else it's like a different this. tone though. It is. It and, is because it has this like. I don't want to call it goofiness, but like no, it's, it, you it have to has, have goofiness in a monster movie. It's like a like a lightheartedness to it. Yeah, you know, and like with the, I, I have it here. Great um, comedy. You're forced to be able to accept a lot of cheese in this movie. Oh yeah, um, but I mean, it is so. Like you were talking about earlier, oh, we were both talking about, but you were you you specifically said like the bones of this movie are from like things that came before it. Yeah. Um, Nothing feels like he's just ripping it off from something. If anything, it comes off as like a tribute. Yeah. Because you can tell that like with everything, 
you'll see things in this movie that you've probably seen somewhere else. We've all watched a Gundam episode. We've all seen a giant monster somewhere. You can tell Del Toro probably watched the same thing you watched, loved it, and wanted to make sure it was in this movie for people who watch the same thing as him. Yeah. And you just feel that. And it's just like, if you're an anime fan, dude, oh my God. (laughs) There's so much for you here. This this whole movie is just a tribute to... I have this as a... It's a love letter to anime. Absolutely. To mech fans and monster fans. Absolutely. I mean, and if you didn't like it, I'm so sorry for you. We don't accept that. You missed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Nope, we don't accept that. Um... But dude, it's so good. It is so good. The cast kills it um, with what they're doing here. I don't think there's a poor performance. There are lesser, um, and I do. And I'll echo. I'll, I'll say this till the end of the time. My biggest complaint about the movie is they Del Toro has these really cool characters, but we don't get enough time with all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I ah, oh, dude. Every time you see, because I think Crimson Alpha looks so cool. I love his design. Because I think it's the most menacing looking out of them. I love it. Because if I saw that coming towards me, I'm like, he's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> you, Gypsy Danger looks like a hero. Yeah, yeah. But like Crimson, and of course, I'm not Crimson, uh, Cherno Alpha, of course, from Russia. So it makes sense. But it's just like, you look at that and it's like, that is the most menacing fucking thing. Russia is often painted as the antagonist. They're not helping it right now. Let's not dive into I, that. I mean, um, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> But, um, man, it's so good, and just, oh, my God. I love that Ron, Ron Perlman's a little bit here, just to, so I can we can touch on it. He does have an – he is the after credit scene. He yeah. crawls out of the baby's mouth, and he's like, where's my goddamn boot? Because <laughs> he has those, like, really stylish steel-toed shoes, man. And they're giant. They're giant. Well, he's a giant man. Yeah. I got to assume that was his actual he's shoe He's a size. big dude. He's a big dude. Was, and then it's Charlie Day holding it, and he's, like, a little dude. So. <laughs> I would – so – if we were to have Ron Perlman on, oh man, I would ask him if he kept the suit. Oh, he owns that suit, dude. I hope so. If it didn't get ruined. Oh, fair. Yeah. That's oh, fair. but you wash that stuff. That stuff washes out. That's fair. Kaiju blood. Mm-hmm. Kaiju guts. It was also because that that kaiju was CG. I saw a uh, a bleach. Yeah, I believe it was Clorox. Um, they advertised it as getting out kaiju blood if needed. Did you? Yeah. Man, what timing. After it's watching crazy. Pacific Rim, wow. Uh, dude, it's, uh, Facebook hears what you talked about. That's it, true. This whole thing. That's true. That is unfortunately true. Uh, uh, one shout out I want to give, or like one thing that I noticed. Nah, I'll give a shout out to him. Hey, shout out Guillermo del Toro. Doc. Fucking one thing that no I want to talk about is <laughs> sparks. There's so many sparks in this movie. There's sparks everywhere. And I feel like throughout the his whole filmography there's been so many sparks along the way like this man just loves fucking sparks man hey, did you notice the amount of sparks not. in this movie nope because it it really made me think back chronos the very first one um ron perlman is walking through that factory and just walks through all these sparks for no fucking reason um there's just sparks flying around in that factory like since then Oh man, it's just I've noticed so many little things that get mm-hmm. brought up. I mean, like we talk about the autopsies every time. And like I've brought up like his love effects. for clockwork. Yeah, yeah, the gears, he, the he, cogs, the dude, the, the dude puts what he loves in his movies. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's just it's great that even in the movie. So uh, I feel like this is very different 
than things that he's done before. Absolutely. Yeah. And um but he still brings those things with him. Mm -hmm. Like his essentials pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. And like so when I say like I, I want him to return to something like this, I would like to see I don't know. I just, of course, I would love for him to come back with another Pacific Rim movie. I don't know what the state of that franchise, because the sequel did underperform. Um, I'm surprised we got another season of the anime at this point. Um, I, I I would just love to see him do something similar to this. I don't know what that form would take. Whatever he puts out, I'm, of course, looking forward to. But, like, obviously, you can tell the dude loved making this. Yeah. And I would just, I would just love to see him make make it more <laughs> um but i wanted to point out specifically because you were talking about like the one-liners you were loving earlier yeah i have a specific quote here that i found actually very like very special like very memorable um because there's a point where charlie hunnam is like anybody can fall and that's all i have to do here and he has to send mako away to let his the let gypsy danger drift into well go into the drift and then set off a bomb on the other side right or self self detonate um and the last thing he says to her is you can always find no wait i got it mixed up so but that line is very special okay. where he's like anyone can and anyone can fall and he just sends her away but the line i meant to quote because i should have put the context here um the so before idris elba's sacrifice mm-hmm um, before he gets into that piloting that mech, because he was told originally, if you ever pilot again, it's gonna it's gonna do you in. And of course, he's like, Nah, man, the world needs me. Um, he says to Mako, "You can always find me in the drift." Yeah, because I mean, you can just like you confuse each other's memories. You see your own. You're living in them, and it's just like that's such a like. Put that on a shirt, bro. Like, goddamn, <laughs> it's nice, man. It's a precious little line, dude. That's the. I love the writing. The it's so good. I love the cheesy, the serious, the passionate. It's again like the there's so many things this. here that like if you uh, if it's unbalanced, it's gonna become such a shitty movie. Yeah, like this could have easily been a a mess of a movie, but did it happen? No, no, absolutely not. It's our boy Del Toro, it is baby. fun. It is. It is fueled with passion. Um, there, there is so much for. I, I don't know. I, I think on a base level, even if you're not an anime fan, there's a lot to enjoy here. Oh yeah. But I know for a fact, if you're an anime fan, especially if you like mech anime or stuff like that, you're gonna be like frothing. Like it's like, oh man, this is this is precious. You're gonna be like the cabbage guy, not the cabbage guy. So do you know that one gift from the Avatar series where like the guy's like doing like this and then he foams up yeah. the mouth and passes out? Yeah, my cabbage is. Is that him? Oh, I'm thinking of the cabbage guy from it. So you only listen to the beginning. I said then ignore the second part. That's fair. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, there's just a lot if you're an anime fan. And I'm sure if you're not, I can't give you that opinion. There's still something to really enjoy here. But it's definitely extra special if you like anime. But with that, I don't really have too much to add. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and get into our final thoughts. Ernest, what are some of your final thoughts on Pacific Rim? I, I fucking love this shit, man. It was, it was so great. I, I have a renewed love for it. It's um, so good. As I have for like many things that we've experienced throughout this del toro thing it's so sad that it's almost coming to an end bro i like is, fuck. it is we're almost caught up we have three movies very nearly very nearly so um yeah i loved getting to this point i was so excited about hellboy and then we're like pacific rim next like after we, he stopped recording last week and he was like all right next week 
Pacific Rim. I was like, Ooh. yeah. But then I, uh, again, I loved it so much more than the first time that I saw it. And I already loved it that first time. Yeah. There are just so many iconic scenes mm-hmm. in this movie and, and newly iconic scenes, like scenes that I will now not forget. Um, but so many of that just to like in the media, like people reference that Idris Elba speech all the time when they talk about like best speeches. We're canceling the apocalypse. Yeah. The two that I always hear is like the Independence Day one that the president gives and Idris Elba Mm -hmm. in in this one. Um, Because I had made a post a a while ago. Uh, It must have been on the 4th of July or something. You know how people love Independence Day memes. And um, I was like, this is probably the best speech ever given. And like so many people commented on it. And we're like, nope, Idris Elba and Pacific Rim. And like, I can't argue with that. It's it's fucking great. And like I said, he just gives little mini rousing speeches the entire time. But that one just really stands out. And for good reason, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this movie. I, I love what it's given to me. I can't wait to move on to the next Del Toro movie, even though it's like it's starting to get a little bittersweet, though. Yeah, it is. I, I definitely feel that, man. Um, I'll just to go off, go into my final thoughts. I'll echo. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. I, I sold the whole game system and everything I had for the game system. Buy all the merch for this movie. I, I'm not even mad at you. For it. <laughs> I look back on that moment and I've just been like, dude, you're insane. And then the special edition of the movie comes out and I'll, sh- I'll send you a picture of what it is. Cause it's just like a really, it's like a hollowed out front of gypsy danger. Oh, that's awesome. And there's nothing on the back. It's just DVDs. It's it's not the greatest, but it's I was so, just like, this is what I have. I'm going to buy it. That sounds so cool. Um, but uh, I, I want to, because you kind of went into it yourself, I, to echo a specific one. Del Toro puts a lot of detail in his movies. Like there's stuff that like you don't ask for. Like nobody would be asking you to do this, but he doesn't and it just adds to the atmosphere. Um, when you see the escape pod that like Makomori and... Um, Riley pop out of mm-hmm. like when because it's like a little mechanism it opens up to so the pilot can be reached or get out or whatever um, when that happens it spews like little green liquid out oh yeah and it's just like and you get obviously it's like oh it's decompressing like he he's able to come out now because it spews out for a little bit then the hatch opens um, and it's green and it's just cool <laughs> I think I know what that is actually what is it so like when astronauts come back and their pods land in the water i mm-hmm. believe it sends out like a fluid so that it's e- easily seen from the air oh okay that makes sense yeah there you go so it's it's like a reverse and i mean they talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the movie too he says we all thought aliens were gonna come from outer space from above yeah it turns out we we're looking the wrong direction it's coming from the sea yeah and if you if you think about it especially making the comparison to Gundam um you know most mech fights things like this take place in space yeah these are pretty much like the Gundams of the sea okay. so i i mean so like they're like astronauts in reverse is yeah. all i'm saying okay Gundams so of like, the sea i don't think necessarily works cuz they're, they're not okay. just they're right. not made for water combat but 
They do so well down there. Well, no, um, it's because they stand. They walk. They no, don't swim. No, don't. you stand. Okay. But they. Uh, but no, you're you're definitely on the point there because they were picked the pods, up by helicopters. And with the pods coming from the bottom instead yeah. of from space. Yeah. Is all no, I'm I, absolutely. To get at. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You just overexplained it, like um, Olivia Wilde did in her movie. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's just. <laughs> Well done again. <laughs> uh, don't worry, darling. I won't make another reference. Anyway, oh. uh, <laughs> but um, save me. <laughs> but it's it's just a neat little detail because I didn't even know that was a thing. That makes so much sense. Yeah, man. And because literally right after like helicopters show up and stuff like that, and, and it's like, oh, it helps you find them. The thought that goes yeah, into it. and like, but like if that didn't happen, you probably wouldn't be asking like Del Toro, why didn't you do this? I'm sure some asshole would, but. Most people wouldn't be like, where where the hell is the liquid that shows them where the helicopter is? Um, and it's just a cool, it's just a cool little thing, man. And we already brought up the little forehead touch, but I think that is the perfect like end to our story with Riley and Mako. I would have loved to, of course, continue on to see where their story goes with yeah. a sequel. I have yeah. it listed here. I really wish Pacific Rim 1 had gotten the Hellboy 2 treatment. Oh, yeah. Because those are two Del Toro movies, and one is a vast upgrade from the other. And you got to believe if he had had the reins on this, what we would have gotten, God, probably amazing. Do you think it's a dead franchise? Well, I, I mean, I mo- worry movie wise, be. movie wise. I, I worry the whole thing is going to be a dead franchise, yes. Damn. Damn. Oh, I mean, because the anime is out there and people like it. The anime is out there, and I'm surprised we got it. But I mean, with with Netflix making the decisions it's making, well, who who knows what animation? I need to watch season two now. Yeah, no, absolutely. At this point, absolutely. And I I I plan to too. Just haven't had the moment. But like, and unfortunately, we 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 watched Cyberpunk instead. Not, not, not mad about I'm not that. mad about that either, man. It's, it's literally um, all I think about now. Ex- right, yeah, dude. I'm almost 60 hours in. Anyway, but... Uh, Me and Chris just text each other all day about Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, baby. And then once in a while, we throw in like a House of the Dragon thing. Yeah, man, because then... we're, we're chooms through and through. Um, but with that, that'll Watch wrap up by. our conversation on Pacific Rim. We're going to take a quick break, and then on the other side, we're going to wrap things up with what we've been watching. All right, and we are back going over what we've been watching. Ernest... What have you been watching? The one that you already know that I'm going to fucking say. It's House of the Dragon, man. And wow, dude. It's so good. good. Um, I would give my left eye to keep that show going. This episode. (laughs) Damn it. He's on a roll today, ladies and gents. Um, Fucking. It's so good, dude. It's so fucking good. And it's almost over. Season one. So I didn't know this part, but you let me know the other day that the cinematographers from the last season of game of thrones came back the ones that did the dark knight um is that which, the name of the episode yeah where they fight the night king's army and all that yes yeah. yes so um it's that battle scene that is very very shot, dark. very 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 dark and got a lot of complaints from the fandom yep um that i i loved it the first time they did it um, I loved it in that first episode. Um, a lot I of people, seen the side of it. a lot of people were mad about it, and I fucking loved it, dude. Like I was, they showed you what they wanted you to see, and then people were like, "We wanted to see it." Like, no, it's dark, bro. It's the Dark Knight. What the fuck did you expect? Anyway, and then they did it again in this episode, and it's not for the whole episode like the last one was. 
Um, but I think the way that it played out and what they eventually got to with that scene was done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to everybody on this fucking show because it's perfect, man. It's so well done. I'm going to cut you off there. Um, so it was too dark in the last season of Game of Thrones because honestly, if you want people to watch your show, you should have a full episode of content, not just a black screen. Um, and then in this, the newest one, it's not as bad. I don't. I don't think it is as bad. I, I don't. I definitely don't think anyone should be calling this episode that that lighting perfect, because um, you can definitely you could see more. You could see things more easily. Um, but then where it does go, you can see it, and it does go really. It, it's really cool. Um, I love How to Train Your Dragon, but um, I I just I want to put out there that this is something that should be improved on is all I'm saying. All I'm saying. And I respectfully disagree, but, um, saying that it's a perfect show, not that it's like, this is the perfect. I know. I specifically said just that. um, Man, just everybody just gives banger performances. It's still like right now. That's still like my favorite episode. It is so (laughs) fucking on point. Um, Jess and all the twists and turns at this fucking start. I don't stop. They never cease to take me to places that I don't expect. Like every every turn here is one that you do not see coming, and I love it. Um, the other show, I, and I haven't got to watch a lot, okay. But and uh, Chris gives me so much shit for it, oh, but well, it does. I love Cobra Kai, and I finally got the time to just sit down and binge through it. And oh man, it's so great! It's so fucking cheesy. I love it so much. Can I ask you a question about it? Yeah, go for it. It's were you? How do I word it? So, are the Karate Kid movies a big part of your childhood? Mm, They're they were there. They were present. Yeah, they were there. But like, but they were. That's not your driving force for liking this. Nah, like I, I didn't like sell my xbox to get like karate kid <laughs> movies or never, anything I, like you never that. need to compare yourself to my obsession it was <laughs> no nah, but like um yeah it was never like oh man i fucking karate kid is my favorite fucking thing and i just like when it came out the the trailer looked cool to me for like, cobra kai yeah okay i was like oh that looks interesting i think this know? started out as a youtube series and oh i didn't know that i think don't quote me it didn't start on netflix yeah and in the quality almost kind of like speaks to that at the beginning um and and even now like some of it it's it's just so goofy and stuff and like cheesy it has a and, very big fan base and i i mean i i think rightfully so man like if you give yourself a chance to get into it i think most people it's gonna hit most people um because they do a wonderful balance of that goofiness that cheesiness but then also just like fun fight scenes like you can see that not every punch hits like you can see that not every kick fucking you know hurts and stuff like that but it's just so cool and a lot of these kids are just like super talented you can tell that they get like actual like martial artists and stuff like this to be in the back you can also tell that a lot of the actual cast that have lines and are main characters and stuff like train for this shit as well um and uh, I just really care about it, man, and and I. That's good. I love. I, I mean, no actual hate towards it. Oh yeah, I know, but yeah, you do. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I, I love it. I'm so happy that I watched it. And if you're a, a fan as well, then I applaud you. 
fucking wear that shit like a badge of honor and fuck all these haters. I have um, friends who love that show, and I was like, and yeah. it's not something that I'm watching, and I know we've talked about it a lot, but it's just constantly on my mind, bro. Like I, I can't, and I mean, and it's partially because we started playing the game too, mm-hmm. and because like we have this to go through together, um, but. I love cyberpunk so much. It's phenomenal. I, I can't. Damien just talk finished about it today. It. He oh, started Damien it yesterday. Oh, he started it yesterday and finished it today. It's not a long series at all. It's not. Um, it's a heavy series. And, <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, it's all that chrome. It's oh, but, dude. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I I just love it so much, and I just had to talk about it real quick. But that's all I've been watching, man. I love it so much too. Like, ah, oh, dude, because literally, I'm just like, I want to play more cyberpunk. I want to be in this world. It's so good. Um, I know this is our movie episode, but please, if you have the game, they've given it. Uh, they they've given it away half price so many times at this point. Um, if you see it, if it's not on sale right now, you want to wait for it to go on sale again, dude. Get it. Cyberpunk is so good. It it's is- not just an action heavy combat game. There, what you want is what you get to play. You can do the combat. You can do just the character conversations and stuff like that. It's wonderful. You know what I've been kind of kicking myself for, too? What? Um, and, and in the end, I ended up justifying it for myself uh, the way that I always do. And fuck it. <laughs> is that, like, the con- most of the content that I'm loving right now was already there. Mm-hmm. And they, it wasn't things that they had to fix, like the story, like oh, the, yeah. the depth of it. it is, the world is what's really pulling me mm. into this. The gameplay is cool, man. Like, the gameplay is there now. You know what I mean? Like, it is playable, and I am enjoying the gameplay. Mm. But the world and the story is just what really has me there. And yeah, that dude. was there from the beginning. But to your um, credit, I mean, but if it your was game crashes, that's yeah. obviously going to And then that's how I justified out. it to myself yeah, yeah, was yeah. like, okay, but it, it wasn't pl- We are praising this game, so good and I will it. defend it till the day I die. I will not defend its launch. Not at all. It is it is rough, and we will also not defend the launch of Overwatch 2. But moving on to what I've been watching, <laughs> I kind of already gave you my opinion on House of Dragon there. I think it's fantastic. I yeah. think people are being a little extra about their complaint about how dark it was. Um, but I, what? I'm sorry. I just... I think that people have been waiting for something to complain about with this show. I don't think this falls under that because it does warrant criticism. Well, me as a defender of the last I understand season, that. I, that's I've why you're not a good Game of Thrones it, critic. Um, <laughs> you, because literally, there's no defense for if you can't see what the show is showing you, you can't lazily explain that away with, oh, this is they're showing you what they want you to see, which is nothing. You know what? And this I, is referring to the last season of Game of Thrones, not the newest one. I'm not going to get into that because I do have like a, a what I feel is a very strong defense for that. Okay. But, fuck, I forgot. It's the equivalent of your game crashing. The visuals are crashing and you see nothing. Um, anyway, but what I've been watching, House of the Dragon is great. I can't wait for the next episode. I believe this is the last time skip. I feel like I have to, I've said that a lot. <laughs> um, I don't care. It's insane for a show to have this many time skips and it just roll like the term I was going to use is roll off the tongue. It just rolls together so well. It's seamless. You never. Yeah, exactly. Cause you just feel you're just with these people. Yeah. You're just growing. You're growing a bit. I will say I don't feel as attached to um, Renera yet as I did at the beginning. Um, Cause I do think the show is a little more focused on specifically her at points when she was younger the new new actress is killing it nothing against her um obviously there's just everyone else is making their motives known and whatnot 
and we're just seeing more of them. Yeah, it's not the actri- actress. It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I, time that's given to the character as of late has mm-hmm. been less. But goddamn, Matt Smith is amazing. Wow. Even when wow. he's even and and like I don't even want to say it's like physical acting. I guess mm-hmm. it is, but like. When he's just like standing there, dude. He there's there's, uh, there's you you know when he's happy, you know when he's plotting. There's a there's a huge, a big scene this week where like every everything's just falling apart, and for once, like he isn't the cause of like yeah. the bad things that are happening. He actually, and does he's something just good. he's just standing off to the side, leaning up against the wall, mm-hmm. and. I was like, fucking look at him, man. He's so good. And he's a present. He's so good. He's and he's just presence. standing there. He's just standing you know? there. It's amazing. And then sometimes he puts on a hoodie to do crime. Um, <laughs> so this one I'm probably going to get flack for. Um, I tried the Dahmer show on Netflix. I watched two episodes, start of the third. I'm just not interested. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I know hate to the, obviously the vast amount of fans who are just interested in learning about serial killers, all this stuff. I do find like, so like criminology interesting. Yeah. Um, like motives for doing things like yeah. uh, one of my favorite Netflix shows is literally, um, um, mind Hunter, which is a show about the, the inception of criminology, like studying why serial killers do this and do that. And it's from the mind. Uh, it's directed by David Fincher, the director of Fight Club and Zodiac. And you've talked a lot about um, how you used to watch a lot of Law and Order. And yeah, like dude, that. I grew up on Law because I just grew up on like whatever cable I had. Uh, so it was anime and then, oh, SVU is on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, dude, so, and I, I say this over gaming, I say this over movies, TV shows. I love a good detective story. Yeah. Wherever that takes you, and for the, just to throw it back there again. There's a whole ass detective set of missions in Cyberpunk 2077. Oh yeah. Um, but Dahmer's just not my thing. Uh, I do think. I mean, Evan Peters is great. It does look like it's like it. It is a very well made show. Um. Oh, this is gonna sound so mean. I just got bored. <laughs> You're loud. Uh, I just got bored. Yeah, but I gave it a shot, and I might go. I might try to go back to it. Um. But yeah, no, I just couldn't get into it. It's better and, than me because I'm not going to give it a shot. And that's fair. Uh, but And I put this in this order specifically because uh, Dahmer couldn't grab me. But anyway, She-Hulk is killing it every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I absolutely yeah. love this show because I said it when before the show came out. I said it when it when we got our first few episodes. This show is the definition of a palate cleanser for all this serious stuff we're watching right now. It is in the structure of like a superhero sitcom. Like there are things like you care about Jess. Like you want her to be okay. You want like her to be recognized. Like you're not just She-Hulk. You're you. This last episode had her having to struggle with that. She was literally in like um, an anger support group <laughs> with other like superhumans and stuff like that. And it's just like. Of course, there's a lot of goofy comedy and it gets a little ridiculous, but there's some really sweet moments. And I just, God, I hope this season, the show gets another season because I believe there's only one or two episodes left. Um, which on that front, I will say they kind of just introduced the villain of the show, the last episode. <laughs> so maybe that doesn't work that well because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but we'll see. Regardless, it is a fun show and. All the haters, shut up. <laughs> Would you say that this show is more just to to focus on her and then 
there also happens to be like villain and hero stuff going on. There is other hero stuff going on to make specifically with heroes because she's uh, she's representing um, super metahumans stuff right. like that. Right. Uh, and I guess villains too, metahumans in general. Um, there there has been that has been true up to this point. This this person specifically out focusing on She Hulk. I see. Okay. Yeah. There's not a lot known, but and it just seems like a really weird time to introduce a villain. <laughs> and maybe it is something meant to go into like a next season. And it or might. Something like and it that. might. I mean, yeah. regardless, that's super late. Uh, but it's a hey, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm watch. I'm watching She Hulk here. Um, not everybody can be the Purple Man. Not. Oh God, talk about that, man. David Tennant. His son is um in House of the Dragon. Who is his son? Uh, the long-haired brother. The taller the, one. The, the one that was standing out on the window. I kind of see some resemblance now. Yeah, me too. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's his son. Um, he's about to be recast. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're wow. all about to be aged up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I kept meaning to, meaning to send that to you. Like, I found that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to send this to Ernest. And I just never did. Yeah, He knows got... how I feel about the doctors, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The doctors, the purple man. Because you said it's, the purple it's man. It's so dope that you have Matt Smith and then Dave and Tennant's son. Right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are the are we going to get an actual doctor next? Dude, the best way to age him up would be to put David Tennant there. Because that's his dad. They obviously look like. I don't think the age gap is that far. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to David Tennant. I'm just being hopeful. I do believe they're young adults. I'm just being hopeful. <laughs> age him down we could give him the robert de niro treatment that didn't work for robert de niro <laughs> also david ten is not as old as robert de niro um no offense to any, either of those actors because of course they're listening to the podcast you just put I'm a so backwards worried. hat on him and then he's young <laughs> but the last thing i wanted to bring up for what i've been watching i saw my first horror movie of the season um it's more of a halloween movie than a horror movie what you don't count barbarian that wasn't in october Oh, okay. The, season. the season begins in October. Yeah, it's spooky month, bro. Okay, okay. Get your shit together. I, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> but like I said, it's more of a Halloween movie than a horror movie. Um, it is the Spirit Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. You did go to see that. <laughs> I did. In it a has theater. a limited showing in the theater, yes. Okay. Um, I guess they have a partnership with Regal because um, it was only showing at the Quarry Movie Theater in San Antonio, um, at least in this area. But... um. If you like Goosebumps, you're going to love it. It is it is very... You can take your kids to this. It's... Like if you like the Goosebumps books or the Goosebumps movies? Shows. Uh, the, I mean, the movie, I think, does a good job of capturing the same... Oh, line. there were shows too. My bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. You didn't watch the shows? Yeah, I watched the shows. Oh, okay. I was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I my just, goodness. It's just... That was a long time ago. But like, it's, it's like that... Sh- that um, And I don't mean this as an insult, like child horror. Like there are spooky things, and it's probably going to freak you out more as a kid... Um, yeah yeah but all, that is all to say they do have christopher lloyd as the main villain of this movie wow. and dude kills it dude kills it why did i not know about this movie mm. aside from you saying i'm gonna go see the spirit halloween movie i haven't heard anything about this which i'm gonna is, makes it so strange that you were going to see the spirit halloween movie and i'm gonna definitely point out here that i'd share it in the facebook chat even though justin also said that he hadn't heard of this movie anyway bad timing Sure. Maybe. Did sure. he get drowned Ernest. out by like memes? Probably Damien doing something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> something about his birds or something. Um, but 
it is it is really fun it is really enjoyable um again total goosebumps vibes you the whole movie takes place in a spirit halloween store that's possessed by the spirit of christopher lloyd and that is just the most fun setting (laughs) this sounds amazing there's a lot of cheese uh you have to expect that with these kinds of movies um but it is just uh good spooky fun is the best way to put it that's great there's a possessed skeleton that does a little this little shimmy um it, very also similar to like the halloween town movies from like old disney and you saw that with friends yeah i saw it with a couple of friends who came Did down they have friend. similar feelings as you they probably liked it more uh okay great yeah yeah they yeah. they're i love horror they adore horror so um, like they 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 tro- they drove two hours to be able to see this movie i would not have damn yeah because it wasn't showing it they're they're from victoria so yeah. they this was their chance to see it holy shit yeah Wow. You have me super interested in now. So, and I hope they do it this way. If they sell it at a spirit Halloween store, (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. They totally should. Yeah. Um, but definitely manage it. It's 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 good popcorn, fun Halloween movie. Like if you have a Halloween marathon, bro, pop it on. I I think at this point I would go to a spirit Halloween to buy that movie. Yeah. And I refuse to go to the Spirit Halloween for nearly anything else because they're overpriced as fuck. They are very overpriced. Did they touch on that in the movie? They did not. Well, because they broke into one. No. Oh. So the whole thing was... <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was... That's the way to do they, it. <laughs> a group of friends, uh, it, one of them wanted to go trick-or-treating that year. The other one, since they're about to enter high school, was like, no, nah, man, we've outgrown that shit. And the main character is like okay well if we can't trick-or-treat what if i find something else for us to do because he doesn't want to go to the halloween party that everyone's going to in the city oh not city the town um and he's like oh my god i found this store in the middle of nowhere and it's a spirit halloween store (laughs) (laughs) and they break into it and it's it's just shenanigans from there that's great it's it's so fun it's super short it's better written than don't worry darling uh no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um but it, it is a lot of fun, and I'm going to use that to also say you're probably going to hear a lot of mini reviews of horror movies in the backs of these episodes. Absolutely. Because I love horror. We're getting the end of a horror horror trilogy uh, this year, um, this month. Uh, that's very big, and I, I need to need to watch that, and I'll, of course, get some thoughts here Halloween? on that. Huh? Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween okay. ends. Um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, baby. Um, and then uh, we're also getting the start of a new horror franchise well reboot uh with pen uh hellraiser that's right which i'm also very excited for it's got some fairly good reviews it's gotten very good reviews right now yeah very limited at the moment it comes out fully october 7th but um it will be on hulu and i mean hell our first movie review was a hulu original yeah man but shout out to Prey, baby. Shout out to Prey that we partnered with Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> Dude, that, that that's is, still our most viewed episode. It's taken us so far. It has. So it far. Has. I love our little movie chats. Oh, man. But um, that is to say uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we will be back next week with an episode, another Del Toro episode. It is going to be a twofer. We're going to be going over Crimson Peak and then a little lesser known movie called shape of water yeah shape of water. i'm so fucking hyped for shape All the of hype. water baby um and then just to give a little little extra uh so the week after that will be the end of our del toro movie series where we're gonna be going over shape of water i'm not no sorry we will be we're going gonna talk over, about shape of water again <laughs> well we will but um we will be w- reviewing nightmare alley and then after that, Great we will movie. be just going over the whole movie series and giving a ranking that we will not tell each other 
until the recording of the episode of the Del Toro movie. Just dropping bombshells on me. Just this just happened live, everybody. I mimics my number one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it just to spite him, dude. Just to spite him, <laughs> fucking spider. mimic. Um, but, Ernest, where can the people find us? So, if you'd like to keep up to date with Life is Storytelling, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under just that name, Life is Storytelling. Uh, you can also reach out to us at any time. You are encouraged to do so at the email life is storytelling at gmail.com um if you'd like to follow my motherfucking ass on twitch i would greatly appreciate you i'll kiss you in the mouth um look out for that twitch.tv slash young king zeus um also on instagram and twitter under yk zeus gaming and i appreciate all the support i fucking love y'all man he's going through horizon forbidden west one of the best games of the year absolutely um Maybe not one of my favorites, but it's very good. Very, very good well game. done. And they should not be remaking Horizon Forbidden uh, West, the first one. Not, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. That game is so recent. So early. Um, it got a PS5 upgrade last year. <laughs> okay. Nexus got a war. Oh, God. Is that what Justin said? Yeah, Justin is, said that. That right? is while yeah. everyone's literally like, please remake Bloodborne. <laughs> Oh, um, man, please. Please. But with that, that does wrap us up here. Thank you all for listening. Um, we greatly appreciate it. I would really love, if you disagree with our thoughts on Don't Worry Darling, please email us. I would I would love to hear that conversation. We're not going to yell at you, I promise. Well, Ernest might. You, you heard how he gets about Game of Thrones. So. Motherfucker! <laughs> but with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Thank you all for listening, and have a great week.